Welcome to the Problematics Podcast. My name is Johnny. It's your boy Reese right here. And we have a special guest here today. Um, he's a sophomore at San Francisco State. Ah. He, my nephew, this is Jacob Snow. Say hi, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> today we're going to speak about... Um, uh, what society consist, uh, considers masculinity. Um, you know, growing up, Reese and I uh, dealt with a different version of masculinity and uh, what people um, might think is tough or cool or, you know, whatever the case may be nowadays. Um, it's totally different now. Uh, would you agree, Reese, than, uh, than it was when we were growing up? I would. I think a lot of people our age would probably attribute it to millennial sort of ideology and and, and the ways that the newer generation thinks in terms of how masculinity in a whole lot of ways can be viewed as toxic these days. Um, It's far more acceptable in a lot of ways for men to be in touch with their feelings and, uh, you know, just just talk more about uh, what's going on with them as opposed to when we grew up and certainly in generations before was sort of that strong, silent type uh, ideology that got pushed on us as young kids and forced us to kind of pin up our real feelings, man. And, you know, that can turn out to definitely make masculinity a toxic thing, though, the more you can sort of break that line of thinking. Yeah, I think uh, we uh, grew up in a, was surrounded by men like my father, my grandfather, my uncles who, you know, you didn't know what was on their mind from one second to the next. They're either putting you down or talking about work. So it was, uh, it was definitely different. Jacob, how, uh, growing up in our family, you know, where you know, we have people like Papa who he does there's no, uh, confident or, you know, reinforcement, positive reinforcement at all. Um, how did you, you know, the way you guys look at masculinity, how do you deal with that? Now did you kind of navigate your way through it? Yeah. So like you said that, like, our, my grandpa, his dad, was very like, suck it up, like, get up if you're crying or, <laughs> make or whatever. Like, don't show really any emotion. If something hurts you, just move on, you know, not suck it up. Walk it off. And he would always say, like, oh, that didn't hurt me. So, you <laughs> <laughs> so like, in society, do, do you guys feel masculinity is under attack these days? Or, like, why is it now being described as toxic? And in your opinion, what does that even mean? Rightfully so. I think it's under attack from the, uh, like, the stereotypical thing of, like, a man, whatever that, like, consists of, like, you know, don't show emotion, keep it inside, suck it up, like, don't cry, don't, you know, think of anything, basically, how, like, most people your guys' age was raised, and, like, me too, but nowadays, I would say, like, it is rightfully so under attack because there's it's proven from like you, there's countless statistics that that type of thinking is not it's not um, psychologically healthy. It's not physically healthy too. It's not. Uh, it's people when you pent up all these angry emotions or when you 
when something bad happens to you, the first thing you think of is hitting that person or fighting that person or doing something destructive or violent. That's not like any psychologist will tell you that that's not a correct way to deal with things. Um, I think the way our parents raised us and, and how they looked at things has kept psychologists in business, uh, especially for this generation, you know, our generation. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, uh, Reese, but I've, I've talked to, you know, counselors on multiple occasions and it's, you know, just to kind of help navigate your way through things, give you tools to deal with things and not so you want the first thing you want to do is punch somebody or hit somebody, you know? Sure. So I, I agree with what Jacob's saying. It's very, uh, it's very healthy to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling and, uh, and, uh, you know, and know it's okay to be upset sometimes or, you know, get hurt and, and feel that Absolutely. Way. And I think uh, sort of opposite of the way the male-dominated culture thinks, there's a, there's a certain amount of strength in being able to express yourself emotionally, right? There's a, a level of maturity that comes with that. Like speaking for myself, I grew up in a house that was largely, I was raised by a tribe of women, right? It was me, my mom, three sisters in the house. My mom had me when she was young. We faced a lot of stressful situations, you know, all of which I also felt as being just a young kid, but the quote unquote man in the house. You find yourself as a kid even, or at least I did, having to be strong for everyone in the house, right? I'm just as worried, if not more, as much if not more than everybody else, but from a very young age, I would see the women in my family breaking down and, you know, me, I got to sort of tough myself up so that I could be strong for them. Uh, That can be bad in that it teaches you not to deal with your feelings from a very young age, you know, when you got to be strong for everybody else. And that's sort of what men have been always preached that they were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So, like, uh, is there is there any situation uh, that either of you went through as a kid where you were told to man up, you know, and yeah. and, and was that the best advice for the time? And who, I mean, who the advice come from? I used to get told by my mom all the time that I should man up, but at the same time, you know, I'm encouraged to like cry on her shoulder if there's anything wrong. So there's a mixed message there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially on, like, my mom's side. Um, when, like, there's a problem or something, even, like, Johnny, I remember if uh, me and Jordan were, like, arguing or something, like, we would go in our grandma's front room and wrestle it out, or we would, you know, like, we would fight it out. Nothing too, like, violent, but, you know, like, to settle something, you would wrestle or to settle something. Yeah. something. That's what my grandpa used to have me and my girl cousin Chrissy wrestle in the front room and he would crack up the whole time <laughs> and it's best stuff because as men we kind of we like, kind of don't even know any better in that that's just it's like a go ahead. weird little fight club yeah yeah <laughs> right and i was a small dude growing up right so my uncles and stuff used to always quote unquote try to tough me up you know that uh that had me thinking a little too highly of myself sometimes because, you know, I'm like, you know, if, if, if I can walk away from getting beat up by my uncle, then I ain't tripping off nobody. Like, I'm not going to lose a fight against nobody who's my size. You know what I'm saying? But that's not a cool way of thinking either because, you know, to being like that, you you will resort to violence quicker because, you know, in the male-dominated culture, it's all about confrontation, you know, and 
you uh you know there are some people out there who are who are more passive like me myself like you know i'm more laid back you know you have to really get on my nerves for me to want to put my hands on you but by then i've decided that i just don't want to deal with you anymore. you know it ain't always been that way but that came with you know years of learning and, and wisdom gained from that uh, all through middle school uh i was uh i was quicker with my mouth than i was with my yeah. so I, I i could you know i could make you laugh or irritate the hell out of you with my mouth and but i didn't know how to fight and uh in front of my jason some things never change <laughs> <laughs> so it was an issue and then all through middle school like that we didn't get cyber bullied we got real bullied yeah. you know we got, we got our hats taken our lunch money taken and and uh you know things like that we had to hide at lunchtime just so we could eat lunch that's right and uh by high by the time high school come i got tired of it man i just I started slapping people. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Like, um, there's like the term toxic masculinity deals with like a lot of, you know, different like, um, like different things. We're talking about uh, if something stresses you out or gets you mad, like resorting to violence, but also what there's a whole different side to it to dealing with it by yourself. You may not be the type of person to go out and punch somebody across the face if they look at you the wrong way right. or shit to you, but you could also just you know, suck it up, maybe talk back a few times, you know, cuss each other out and move on. Like maybe something like what you said you were doing. But at the end of the day, like you still feel some type of way about that encounter. Yeah. And as a man, oh no, so like forget about it. Or if some, maybe one of your relationships, I feel like a lot of people that I talk to, uh, like a lot of my female friends, when they're talking about the boys, it's just like, it seems, especially under my generation at least, I feel like there's just so much like everybody cheats on each other. Everybody uh, like they're just the the men feel so like like you don't know how to um, to like show their emotions. You know, like what's so bad about being with your girl or whoever you're with and saying like, you know I love you or like I want to be with you and not cheating on them or not doing these like all these things is that that is another form of like um, I feel like letting out. Uh, these like feelings maybe you're not you're not validated a lot like maybe like all these feelings to where oh you're more you're more of a man with how many females you sleep with so and i when i played football um in high school like even like pop warner when i was younger we still talked about like girls in that way you know like and in high school I, i hung out with all the football players um and the people who played like basketball and stuff and that was just like a constant talk of like that was a constant conversation. Absolutely, it's like locker room. No, well, you no, you didn't. I slept with eight people. Well, oh, I slept with two. Oh, you're a pussy. Like blah blah. blah. Part about like, it. Another best part about it is like you know, so much of what we tie directly to masculinity has to do with conflict resolution, where at the end of the day, it just ends up becoming the pissing contest and nothing gets resolved at all. But, you know, it's like whoever poked their chest out furthest, you know what I mean? Uh, we, we, we sort of grow up in a culture where like even in sports, you have to hate the person who you're playing against, right? Old school players, and you know this, Johnny, you watch, uh, you know, uh, cats from, from back in the day in the 60s and 70s who used to play, who hate the way that today's NBA players dap each other up, give each other hugs before games, you know, where, you know, they're going to compete just as hard. You know, in life, that's just not how, you know, you can't walk into work and just, you know, 
get along with you know people you have to see every day and and hate the person you work with you you have to find a way to deal with people in, in a certain capacity and so um the realistic way to go about it is to learn how to you know accept people for their personalities and and move on just know you don't have to hang out with them all the time you just got to be respectful and and kind of move on right. it's not always the easiest thing to do but it is what it is so when somebody says to you like and it you know be a man. Like, first of all, that's a pretty loaded statement. Jacob, this is a direct question for you along those same lines. Like, what is your personal definition of masculinity as a young brother growing up today? So, like, I don't, I'm gay. So, like, I'm openly gay. And I, it's it's often, like, correlated. Like, if you're gay, you're not a real man. Or, like, I always hear that is that, Oh, like you're too girly or um, be a man. Um, so I feel like that's often something that people just like, that's like a, such a stereotype is that you're not a real man if you're gay. So, and same thing with like even straight men, if you, sh- if you cry or, you know, if you do those things, if you show emotion and be like honest in that way, you're also not a real man. But- and they'll, you know, they'll say that's gay, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah I, cool. like I said, I play football and like even the, um, like that was that was always like that's the first thing you call somebody you know <laughs> or if that right so like um things like that and just always knowing like you know i've always known since i was like younger and it's just something like um you know you kind of brush it off whatever but it's just like it's always there like you are automatically like, correlation with that thing but going back to your question about like what is my definition i would say it's somebody who could like is strong enough to be honest with themselves and with others, because I like, I feel like strong enough to come out here and be yourself and say, hey, like, I didn't like that or whatever, like, tell your girlfriend or your significant other, like, oh, like, you know, I really want to be with you and not cheat on them or not. Um, just like, you know, be like authentic with yourself and be authentic with your feelings um, and not put on this facade of like, oh, I'm a real man, like, I don't like art or whatever it may be, or, you know, uh, that doesn't make you. So I think making you a, being a real man is being true to yourself, being honest and letting others know that. Uh, I respect that. How about you, Johnny? I, I think that's um, what Jacob's talking about. And a little side note about uh, Jacob, um, you know, when he did come out to everybody, his, uh, you know, me and his sister and a couple other people knew before, you know, you know, his mother and father and you know, grandfather and people like that. Uh, you know, when he came out, he unapologetic. He just, you know, he, this is who he is. Either you like it or you're not going to be around him. And, you know, he, he went with his boyfriend as his senior prom and, you know, no, no fucks given. He just, he just, he did him, you know, and, you know, he's just one of the bravest people I know. He really is. And so when he says like being a man is just being, uh, you know, accept, you know, telling people who you are and just having them accept it. I, you know, I, that's the hardest thing for me to do, you know, a lot of times with, with certain people in your life, you know, maybe your, you know, your best friend or your wife or something like that, you can kind of open up to a little bit, but to, uh, for, for everybody, it's, it's a scary thing, you know, especially growing up in the environment, uh, you know, I did, uh, I know, uh, you know, like, you know, my mother was, uh, 
she was very loving when it came to words, but you know, uh, and then my, my father wasn't <laughs> so, so, but you know, he was always there for you. Yeah. You know, so you, you had somebody who was always there for you. And then you had someone tell you, I love you for every five minutes, but wouldn't wake up to take you to school. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like we start the whole nother conversation. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Let's talk about that too. Next, next episode. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just stuff like that. So it's hard to kind of gauge, you know, what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to deal with people. So. No doubt. No doubt. Like, but, even yeah. today, like, uh, her, just- like Johnny's dad, like my grandpa is, um, like, I, like, I don't know if you guys know what TikTok is, um, but there's a trend going around to where you have somebody videotape you and you go to hug somebody. And lay in their lap. <laughs> so I walked over, like we did that video with my grandpa, and he got his kids and started hitting me. He's like, "What are you a freak?" Like, <laughs> like he will not. Love you. Oh, he's so. I've never heard him say "I love you" to any of us. Yeah. But he yeah. loves you, you know. Like he yeah. is there for you, but at that same time, that's like, you know, he was raised in that way of not like, especially with his father, he's like, you know, like you don't hug you know another man or whoever it is you don't do that it's just not like you know that wasn't the norm in any way right right and i think a lot of those those older guys from that generation are bitter and still need a hug to this day about <laughs> <laughs> things or are things inside of him he would love to do it right i guarantee he would, it would get it would relieve so much stress yeah. But he will not, he just will not let himself do it. And he'd rather put you down than, and you know. <laughs> I, I do agree with you, Jacob, in terms of like <clears throat> being true to orientation, regardless of your background, regardless of your upbringing. Uh, we all have to be confident in ourselves as people and be empathetic and show love to others. Like, I think the definition of what a man is has always been the same, but it's society's view on what it is to be a man that is the toxic part of it, right? Like, say, like, for instance, like in the NFL, they're less tolerant, and I'm not going to get political, but I'm just using this as an example. They're less tolerant to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee than they are to say a football player who abuses his wife. That guy gets suspended. He might lose a few bucks, right? But it's more tolerant to be a man who puts his hands on a woman and you can get your job back than it is for something else, you know, like, like I just named. Um, and, and that in, in itself is a culture that's, you know, brimming with this toxic masculinity uh, where where you have to be violent in order to survive. And that's just a game. That's not even a real part of life. Imagine what a lot of these guys might be doing if they didn't have football to release that pent up anger. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. Like just in, like leading into that a little bit more is I have like these stats from the FBI and it's from oh. like over 6,000 like field offices or um, like of their agencies throughout um, the country. Like right here, you could say aggravated assault. 77% of men, or 77% of people arrested for aggravated assault is men. 77.8%. That's an overwhelming in relation with 22.2% female. I'm like, it's only 87%. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a 
<laughs> Women be out here wilding out too. You know what that thing is, though. You know what? You know what factors into that stat? It's not masculine to call the police on a woman when she whips your yes. ass. Otherwise, <laughs> that would be a lot closer. It would be a lot closer. Yeah. Women, y'all out here yeah. kicking our asses too. We just ain't calling the police on you because that's real hard to explain when they show up. I'm just saying. <laughs> and just like the same thing is um, murder and manslaughter. 87% of people arrested for that is male. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That just says that to, um, and these aren't all the police departments in the country too. There's, it's probably higher and it's higher in certain areas, but uh, like 87% of the people arrested, like those men, they turn to murder for whatever dispute, uh, whether it's drugs, whether it's personal, whether it's relationships. Well, here, here's a stat I read that was interesting to me. All these crazy guys who climb clock towers and do mass shootings at schools and public events and stuff like that, especially these youngsters. Uh, they're sexually frustrated, right? This is one of the common traits that they find in these guys who have all this pent up anger and then take it out on society by shooting up a bunch of people, right? Now, in terms of like the top, the, the, the masculinity or lack thereof that they might feel because they don't have experiences with women, right? The, the pressure society puts on you to have women in your life or just the, the, the innate desire of a man to wanna be with somebody who loves them and they don't get it, right? Will make a dude kill people. You know what I'm saying? There's this masculine part of us that doesn't want to admit that we're not attracted to the opposite sex or or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and no, no. that's that's some scary shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, they escalate. So they'll start by hurting little things and then they'll escalate to, to you know, hitting, you know, hitting a woman or, or hitting somebody. And then that feels good and it starts feeling better and better. And it'll, all of a sudden they're killing people. So um, I think uh, a lot of it does have to deal with your uh, inability to communicate, um, you know, whether it's with a man or a woman. If you can't get your point across about how you're feeling or, or what's on your mind and constantly trying to, to, to let someone know how you feel and you can't, you can't do it. And they're, they just, you're coming off as a weirdo. They just think you're weird and now they're uncomfortable. And now that you, you have the, complete opposite of effect of what you tried to have. And, you know, you do that with everybody in your life. That's gotta, that's gotta take a toll. Yeah. And like also about their like relationship things is that through this, through the, like the, uh, I wouldn't know if I, I wouldn't, I don't know if you would call it like modern sense of masculinity because it is starting to change as we said, but I guess the old fashioned, like the stereotype of true masculinity is it also reads, leads heavily into rape culture. Uh, I agree. I treating agree. women as objects, and uh, because, like we said about the football team, or like you know, even Donald Trump and the Access Hollywood tape, all grabbed by the pussy, uh, or I'll, I'll do this. Like that is when you—that's locker room talk. Like that when men are together, yeah. that's what people are talking about. And like people have maybe not as vile as like what he did, but I always heard people talking about that. Oh yeah, well this girl, I did that and this, and like. Right. 
You're bragging about violating a woman to another man and the culture is supposed to be, which it was when that happened. Billy Bush just laughed at that and they went to the next question. Yeah. But dude, that was sexual assault you just you talked about. <laughs> and the crazy thing too is that like, you know, America just batted an eye. It's <laughs> just like, oh, it's a locker room. It's okay. Yeah. Like, boys will be boys. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, boys will be boys. So what? Like, you, they're at a different standard than the rest of society? Like, Now, see, there, that also, that, that reminds me or makes me conscious of, like, the, the, the double standard that exists with men when it comes to sexual stuff like that, too. Because if that had been Hillary Clinton... Sitting there talking to Ruth Bader Ginsburg about how she used to walk up to men and grab them by the nuts. <laughs> this would be an entirely different story, right? So that's something else that also factors in, man, is that men are inherently sort of expected to be these, I don't know, beasts on the prowl, you know. And, you know, there, there there's no saying or there, I mean, you know, girls will be girls. Boys will be boys is something they say to excuse abhorrent male behavior. And like, girl, like and it's just brushed off in that way. We sort of get that past, you know what and I mean? And it's sort of like a little handful of people she has slept with. She's a whore automatically. You know? right, right, right. But the man might have twelve. He might have slept with twelve people, which, but he's cool. Uh, which is why we lie. <laughs> and that kind of, like the same, like the same, same stuff that I was saying was that. Uh, like rape is men make up 90 it was like 97% of people accused of rape like that's the landslide you know like no by yeah no doubt no doubt it's it's just sort of a form of dominance right it, it absolutely is a form of dominance power power yeah power it's, it, yeah it's definitely manipulating the power dynamic it's, it's, it's not about sex it's about the power over that person that you could take what you know they covet the most you know so that's uh and that's that makes sense because no you know you're gonna you'll be hard pressed to find a, a man who's gonna turn a woman away who's forcibly trying to fuck them <laughs> <True enough. laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> and again not to oversimplify it or try to make light of rape but you know we're talking about grown-ass men who probably just didn't get enough hugs when they fucking grew up you know what i'm saying there's there's, there's deep psychological effects of um having pent up emotions right um or that much anger towards women well, think about it i mean i don't want to get all like you know scientific and shit but like emotions are all energy right you can't destroy energy you can only remanifest it into something else right if i have all this pent up either sexual energy or emotional energy this passive aggression that really becomes like aggressive aggression at some point um, you know, like that will manifest itself into behaviors, right? And not just me walking around with these feelings, but I'm going to want to do something in order so I can feel better about myself. And that's where a lot of that comes in too. You know, as men, we, we don't take rejection well, right? Like you can you can cheat on a woman and she'll just be mad. She might slash your tires, but she'll find somebody else. Uh, when men get cheated on. We will fucking kill you because <laughs> we don't know how to deal with the emotional like trauma that comes with that. 
And not to mention that there's this masculine, you know, sort of mantra out there that says when you get cheated on it's because she's the dirty rotten whore. Maybe you weren't tending to her needs. Maybe you weren't, you know, the man you thought she was or whatever. Maybe you're cheating, too, because you could be cheating, too. But if you get cheated on, you don't want to kill her. You know, we don't know how to deal with rejection very well as men yeah. at all. And like circling it all together back to the beginning of what we were talking about is like, you know, having that pent up like. Uh, like anger, having those feelings that you like maybe over your whole entire life, maybe somebody your age, you know, like uh, like you guys are in your 40s, you know, over like about 40 years of holding things in and 40 years yeah. of not maybe being true to yourself 100% or 40 years of just so much pent up like stress is I was when I came out, like I was 18 years old um, and I was already like a very sad like human being prior to that. Like after all these like years of, I probably, I knew around like, I would say sixth or seventh grade for sure. But like from sixth grade all the way to senior year, uh, like really junior year, um, holding it in and like all that, I was just like, I was very sad. And like, you know, you come out, like, I, I've never been like, I'm so depressed. And like, you know, people could never tell, but deep down, like I was very sad and like, you know, you have these dark thoughts of like, uh, like I was like, oh, being gay is disgusting. Like that's a sin. Like, oh, that's like horrible. Nobody wants to be that. Like I was like, ah, oh, well, like I would pray to not be gay. Like <laughs> well, that's how society tells you that you're supposed to feel, and you know that that's where we're wrong. Can I ask you that? What's what what type? What sense of liberation was there in terms of just how you felt about yourself? And you just, you know, being true to who you are. Like, what, type, what sense of liberation did you feel when you finally just told everybody, I'm going to be honest with myself, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? And, and I admire that 200%, by the way. That, that's what a real man does, like you just got to saying. Uh, but just talk to me about the sense of liberation. I felt like an entirely new person. Like, <laughs> I felt that, like, right at that point when, like, I don't know if coming out, even though, like Johnny said, um, like my like family might have like they suspected it or whatever. What was your uh, okay. like the like like I said prior to coming out is uh, that had like a really like uh, just the thought of like you know and I we grew up with, like even though we say like physically we're not loving or things like that like you know you know like and at least like my family and um, we know we're loved but there's just never that like. There's not that constant, you know. I really love you, like blah blah blah. blah. Um, so like, I knew they loved me, but just the thought of like, you know, maybe my dad won't like look at me the same, or maybe you know, uh, my grandpa won't want to talk to me anymore. Things like that. Um, that after that whole snowball effect, I finally like let it go. Like, the was that your was that your biggest fear about coming out? Is that people who you loved and you knew loved you might view you differently and, and switch up how they interact yeah, with you or disown yeah. you or whatever. So I was, the time I came out, like what, like John said, I went to the United Nations for like this like program thing. And it was in like New York City. Mm -hmm. So me and my dad, uh, we like flew to Rhode Island where my grandparents live and we stayed with them for a while. And like at this point, I, me and my boyfriend were like, um, we were, I think we were like official, like under, you know, like, but not public or anything. But um, 
like I was with my dad and the whole time, like I never felt that much anxiety. Like I felt horrible. I felt physically sick because I was like, you know, I have to do it. Wow. Like, this trip, you know, I have to do it. And I came out to my grandma actually before I came out to him and we were sitting okay. one night like down where she, her seat is or whatever. And uh, she was like, you have to do it. Like you have to do it. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, I really can't. Like, I never felt that sense of like, he's the person I cared about most doing it because I knew my mom would be kind of like whatever about it. But he is a man's man. Like, he was a really good football player. He was like a jock, whatever. You know, he's in every way, I would say, a stereotypical like uh, Navy Navy man. He's like, he's literally. Yeah. I've always gotten that sense from that. So, uh, So I was like, I can't, like, my grandma, like, we were in the kitchen one day, and she's like, you have to do it today. She's like, you can't go to New York with this on your shoulders. Like, it's going to ruin your whole entire trip, your whole experience. You're not going to learn anything. So she told me, oh, um, Tim, like, I need to go to this. I need you to get something from the store. And she's like, Jacob will go with you. And then uh, so my grandpa came along and was like, oh, I want to come. And then she's like, no, you're staying. So on and i just like was looking out the window and i couldn't even do it like i but then i finally said i came out as bisexual because what a lot of through many conversations that i've had so just to, just to ask you this question in in the space in which you exist um uh bisexuality more ex- accepted in society or is, is that how you feel or yeah so like through, i don't know this is me being totally yes, ignorant yes, asking yes, you a question I, um, okay through all the conversations i've had oh uh, most gay men who aren't like um like you know like hyper feminine like the like i don't know we call them like the fabulous like ones that you know really like like make okay. them like um like channel their um their uh, femininity through that like a lot of them come out as bisexual okay. because to us okay. and just in general at least like um like at my time that thought process being more uneducated is that being bisexual is more um, mm-hmm. like more accepted because you're like oh well, I, I still like like girls um you know i'm not that i'm mm-hmm. gay i'm not I'm right not like, right um, <laughs> i got you don't worry, Dad. There, exactly. There's hope, Dad. And I still like girls. <laughs> right, right. But then, like, gradually, like, which I did, I never, like, sat him down and said, actually, I'm gay. Like, I just, you know, kind of happened, whatever. Like, I knew at that point he got the gist. And, uh, but that's... What was his response, Jacob? When he was just like, bisexual? like, no hate or anything. It was very, like, tranquil. Like, he was like, oh. Uh, he's like, I think he said, like, are you talking, have you talked, like, are you with anybody or have you talked to somebody or whatever? And at that point, I had, like, prior conversations I had with a few people. Like, maybe you shouldn't hit him right off the bat saying you have a whole ass boyfriend, you know? That's a lot of information to mm-hmm. him. But uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, there's just, like, I told him about Joseph. That's my boyfriend now. Uh, and he was, like, he was totally mm-hmm. fine with me. Like, I never felt any, like, you know, underlying hate or anything like that. Like, he was, and I feel like that, that's a whole other side note is that that's a true parent, you know, uh, except that and not right. their biggest thing in the way of it. But, um, yeah, so that's, um, that's what I was like, sorry. 
the what was the initial question which i led into that no you answered it for sure i just i i um i asked about like just the sense of liberation you felt when you finally came out and just let everybody know this is who i am and uh you know love me or leave me because i'm tired of living a lot so you know that, that that but you you thoroughly answered that for sure I, I do have a question for the both of you and we'll turn this one to johnny first uh why do you think or do you think men's and women's ideas of ma masculinity differ yeah because i, I think what uh is you know sexy or 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 attracted to women um if we knew that then we wouldn't act the way we act right you know, <laughs> you know if we knew what turned you know what it was that that you know made women feel protected all the time and comfortable and not like you're coming off like a creep then shit we wouldn't do half the shit we do trying to you know figure out what that is oh, yeah so I think it's absolutely different. I mean, we probably think it's this tough guy. Sure, I'll protect you. I'll fight for you. I'll do this and that. And shit, they just, you know, they just want someone to listen to them bitch when they get home, you know? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the views I mean, expressed by Johnny do not necessarily reflect the views of Reason Jacob. You know what I'm <laughs> just for any of our female listeners. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> That, I mean, that specific woman, that, that's all they want. They don't care if you can, you know, you get fired or you could, how you defend them. They just want you to listen, you know? So it, it, it's all, you know, in, uh, it's all relative to, to who you are. But I, I think it, you know, they're fundamentally different. That's what's up. In, in my opinion, and I, I'm definitely not sitting here pretending to be an expert on women. I'm an expert on how to uh, chase them off. <laughs> that's for sure but you know i spent a lot of time in relationships during my adult life man and quite basically in my opinion men's and women's definitions of masculinity absolutely differ right because at the end of the day and i'm not trying to generalize but i feel like women are just more about a connection right somebody who makes me feel safe somebody who makes me feel secure somebody who loves me would not cheat on me right men we look at it and it's like yo she wants somebody to protect her maybe somebody to tell her what's what lots of times our women be smarter than us let's start admitting that too. <laughs> but for real man it's just very simple we make it more complicated than it has to be as men because we have this distorted view of what manhood is really about based on how our fathers and their fathers grew up, right? But the world is changing. Women are empowered. The LBGT community is establishing its identity. We have to make room for new thoughts and ideas in terms of what masculinity really is. And at the end of the day, it is, I think, about embracing who you are on an emotional level because it's more of a human thing than it is sexual orientation or gender to begin with, man, I think I just think uh, that we have to be more accepting of each other as human beings um, and then things will change. But, you know, there's definitely on all levels society of society, this patriarchy that says men know what's best and da 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 da. You know what I mean? But we really don't because a lot. I know when I was in relationships, most of the toughest decisions I made, I consulted with my lady first. And, you know, she kind of changed the way I thought about things, man. We just, you know, 
yin yang. It's 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 one half or the other. You know what I'm saying? Just you know whatever. But well, I think we when you're talking about relationships, I don't think you're talking about just uh, relationships between boyfriend, girlfriend, man, and wife. You're talking about every relationship that's in your life. Like I think we spoke before about absolutely how you know I. I would, you know, all, my whole life, I constantly fought with my mother, you know, till pretty much the day she died. And then you think if I would have just accepted who she was and just dealt with it and then, you know, just it grew our relationship through there, we would have never, we, and the shit we fought about was really petty, you know? So if you just deal with it there and, you know, build the, accept who she is, her faults, her mistakes, and, uh, kind of build from that shit. It could have been a whole, you know, things could have been a lot different. So uh, I think that if uh, learning to accept people for who they are, whether they're annoying or they're funny or they're, you know, or, or how their personality is, if it's someone that you want in your life, then, you know, figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like any man or woman who was emotionally woke would listen to this podcast and probably view you and I as two motherfuckers who need to get more in touch with them. <laughs> you know, two, ne- two ne- Neanderthals. Hey, but you know, that's what this conversation is all about, man. New thoughts and ideas and, and learning, which is, you know, something men should embrace. Uh, let me ask you both this. Do you think the images of masculinity in mass media are evolving or devolving? Like, what effect do you think it has on children and does it even concern you? We'll go with the first question. Uh, do you think the images of masculinity in mass media, media are are basically positive or negative for today's young boys? I think I think they're definitely evolving to to what um, what Jacob talked about earlier. Men just, you know, uh, letting people know who they are. I mean, I think therapy has a lot to do, has helped a lot of people uh, early on. Um, you know, a lot of parents with money got their kids into therapy early on to kind of help give them tools to cope with whatever they're feeling inside. Um, so I think it is evolving. I don't I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing because I think, it, it, you know, there's a, a way that it could go too much the other way as opposed to, you know, you do want to uh, – you know, a lot of people don't like change, but um, some things have to change. But how much they change is uh, is kind of a different story. Yeah, Jacob. I think it is evolving uh, a lot, like through social media. I think because of social media, it's evolving. I think, like you know, back like you guys had beepers, you know, <laughs> like when you were teenagers. Like you guys didn't have. There was a handful of like media companies controlling basically the narrative of what people see and think. Um, but nowadays everybody has like their cell phone and a computer and they can post and like spread what they want. And I think that definitely has like helped a lot of showing not only, you know, the stereotypical definition of a man or masculine, but also, you know, men showing like their femininity and like things like that. Which, uh, personally, I don't know like why many people have such a big problem with it. Like if, like I, I just the way I think about life is that if it's not affecting me, like if like a man wearing like makeup or something like that, I honestly like I couldn't care less. Like if that makes you happy, like all the power to you. And if not doing that makes you happy, like nothing. Sh- I don't just don't think things should be like 
excessively quick but at the end of the day, like, um, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not, is it really affecting you that much to where you need to be so outraged and restrict another person's right or, like, capability to do that? I just don't think that's right. Jacob makes a good, Jacob makes a good point about social media. I mean, social media has given the shyest of men a backbone. I mean, you know, you could, you don't have to look at somebody when you ask them out. You don't have to look at somebody when you get to know them. You don't have to look at someone. You know what I mean? Like where when we grew up, we had to sit there and talk on the phone and, and you know, you know, hold hands and talk. Oh man, it's just, I mean, it's night and day compared to what, you know, compared to what we, uh, you know, how we got to know um, the fairer sex and, and how, you know, how we built relationships. They're built totally different now. You swipe on someone and you guys talk for, you know, a, a week or two online and then you, you go out for a drink and see if that chemistry's right. And then all of a sudden you're stuck dating her. So, <laughs> so it's just, uh, Social media has had a lot to do with the way uh, things people are looked at these days. Absolutely, I want to bring up the situation that happened recently with, and and I'm not. We'll see if y'all know about this. When Dak Prescott came out and he talked about how his brother recently committed suicide. Yeah. Okay, and because we're in this COVID thing, as with many other people, he's experiencing this feeling of isolation and depression. Right. So he came out and was open about it, as have people like DeMarcus DeRozan and, and Kevin Love in the NBA, right? And then, George. and then we had our favorite sports pundits, get Bayless, get on TV and say, hey, nobody wants to hear about the mental crap you're going through as a man. You're the leader of the Dallas Cowboys. You should not be talking all this sissy shit about your feelings and stuff like that. You suck it up. You go in there. You be strong for your teammates, right? Now, he's like in his 60s or 70s. He's a product of that same sort of to toxic masculine environment of cats who were baby boomers and grew up during that time. Maybe 20 years ago, he wouldn't have faced the same level of backlash that he did from people who are getting on his ass now about doing that, right? Because he was like, hey, be strong. Don't talk about your feelings, right? But overwhelmingly, I see the reaction to that is yo it shows more strength to be a man who can express his vulnerability share that with his teammates and 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 then become a leader from that and 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 i actually agree with that maybe as a youngster i wouldn't have but having evolved as a human being understanding the world we live in today and seeing how important it is for you to be able to show people you lead that you can be vulnerable, but still be strong enough to lead is an important thing. You know what I mean? So uh, I definitely believe the image of masculinity is evolving into something that's more broad ranging, uh, you know, for for men to be able to say, you know what, man, sometimes I do hurt. Sometimes I do cry. Sometimes I do feel certain things, but that's okay because everything else that comes along with being a man, I got that. It's just this emotional thing. I've been trying to swallow these emotions for such a long time and it's eating me inside, you know what I mean? So I'm glad he did it. Uh, I'm glad Skip said what he said, even though it was wrong because the backlash that came after that showed me, uh, you know, overwhelmingly that we are involved in as a society. Yeah. I think that, uh, 
the 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 mental health aspect of all this stuff when it comes to whether it's masculinity, femininity, or, or what, whatever the case is that mental health stuff has a lot to do with the depression, the anxiety, like Jacob was talking about the anxiety he had of kind of, it probably hit a fever pitch to where he had to come out, you know, to, you know, to correct me if I'm wrong, Jacob, you're probably getting to the point now where I got to do something because I can't live this way anymore. So I, I think the anxiety that people feel about um, certain aspects of their life that they're either they're not comfortable with or they want to be comfortable with has a lot to do with the you, you know the way people view if um, they're tough enough to do this or, or you know tough enough to do that. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I have a deeper question. No, let me ask you this, Reese. Okay, go ahead. As an you're an artist, so you're as an artist. All right. Uh, I, you know, you're a you're a poet. We talked before. You're a poet. You're a, you're a rapper. You're you know a writer. So, you you are a lot more sensitive in in most ways than you know you know the average person. Did you has that hindered you at all when it comes to you know the toxic masculinity growing up and. And things like that, because you were always growing up, you were always the funny guy, and you know, the you know, joked around a lot. I never really saw you get upset only a handful of times at certain people. Um, so did that? Uh, did you being an artist kind of well, you know, steer you? You know, some of my some of my most uh, some of the work that I've done that I'm most proud of is music that's more introspective. Right. That's sort of what my niche is, is being able to not only express feelings, but inner thoughts. You know what I mean? Because we all can sort of relate uh, on a very basic and skim deep level in terms of what we see and live through in life. But I I have a unique experience as a human being. So what I try to do uh, that gives my music a deeper perspective than most is sort of talk about what I'm thinking and feeling as I'm going through what I'm going through. Right. But that came with being an older person because a lot of my older music was hella misogynistic. I wouldn't even repeat it right now. You know what I'm saying? But at the time when I wrote it, that's what I was on. That's what I was feeling. You know what I mean? And I won't go back to that space anymore because I feel like as somebody who's more mature in years that I need to say something different. And what I can also say is that you can definitely relate to people on an emotional level better than any other level because even me at this age being the music lover i am and that's just the musical space that i'm talking about right yeah um i feel people out now as a grown-ass man as opposed to listening to what they say and looking surface level as, at what they have to offer that's men women that's friends potential friends whatever so it, it's more of a feel thing everything now uh I rely on my gut and my emotions to tell me what my next move to make, right? So inherently as a man, you become to you become a person who relies more on that intuition, right? Uh you maybe you call it something different as somebody older. But yeah, I can tell you right now, I'm way more in my feelings as a mature man than I was as somebody who was young. Right. And I'm okay with that, right? Because I I, I got the scars of all the mistakes I made. And in order to not get those uh, scars again or make the ones I already have deeper, I'm going to think and feel through shit better, right? So at the end of the day, I guess 
I'm a much better person for being a motherfucker who's okay with embracing his feelings to help me navigate through tough situations. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, the notion of manhood or, or masculinity in the media or in mass media has evolved. And I suppose that being a citizen of the world, having media reflect everything that's going on in the world, I've evolved as a person naturally. You know what I'm saying? And I'm totally okay with that. Was it natural or you feel it was forced because that's the way it, no, the society? No, not forced because, you know, as a grown-ass man, nobody can force me to think or feel any type of way, right? So as somebody who is more of an empath and can feel the feelings of, like, you know, I'm heavy into Black Lives Matter and all these social justice movements that are going on, right? And because of that, I'm also more empathetic to other movements going on, the LBTG LGBTQ. What is it? Screw me up. I'm sorry. Oh, right. But that movement has gained traction in the past 10 years or so in the United States because we understand we're in a world where inclusion must happen. New thoughts and ideas push progression, right? And you got to respect a person who embraces not only their sexual orientation when it's different from what society tells them they should do, but themselves as a human being. I'm dealing with somebody genuine who can stand there and say, this is who the fuck I am. If you don't like it, get away from me. They're not going to be surrounded by fake people. You know what I'm saying? There's a lesson I can learn from Jacob. You know what I'm saying? And I have since we sat down and just started this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Being a man, because I don't think I ever gave my definition of what masculinity is, just being comfortable with who you are, regardless of what society or anybody you know or love tells you you should be. You only get one life, man. Be true to yourself. You ain't got to live nobody else's life. You know what I'm saying? Be happy. You know, I was like, uh, when I was telling my story, I was trying to use that as uh, like an example for literally exactly what you just said. In the sense that, like, you know, for me, mine just happens to be being here. But for like a straight man or somebody like you know like you guys or even older like um older men or men my age is that like being true to yourself is you know like your definition of being a true man it doesn't mean you don't have to be you know a woman or a gay person or somebody of these like these other communities to be that like you could be you know just the average joe or whatever and you know be honest and be truthful with your, yourself first because I feel a lot of people are always in denial of these things and uh, then be truthful to others. And that makes, I feel like the world would just be so much more peaceful at that point. Rather Can I ask you a question? Because I love what you just said, Jacob. What advice would you have? Because a lot of, a lot of times people who commit crimes or, 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 or spew hate um, against people in the gay community probably have those types of feelings yeah. themselves and are on some toxic masculinity shit yeah. too afraid to admit it right tell them they should stop you know, they just, I have to, what, I what would you say at some point what would you say is that uh for sure like every conversation that like i ever have is that like the example i use of me saying gay people are horrible like that's being disgusting like that's being all these bad things about me trying to not be who I was, who I knew I was, is that I feel like that's exactly what these other people who just spew so much hate of, of, to the LGBT community is that there's something deep down inside them that they're doing that's a coping mechanism. 
to be in the like denial. Like I was in denial, and that is a coping mechanism I use. I feel like these people, like the people yes. who do that, is like they're they're literally doing that. Like if you're that pressed over, like personally, like you know, I don't like to wear makeup. Like that's not my thing that I choose to do. But when James Charles, I don't know if you know who that is, or like these beauty influencers who are men, do it. It doesn't affect me. Like I don't okay. like I really don't care. You might not agree with it, and that doesn't mean you know, deep down you want to wear makeup. But there might be something maybe like there's a part of like your femininity that like you're not letting out. So you you like despise or you like you're envious of those people who are able to unapologetically do it and maybe make money off it or maybe be praised for it. Is that they there's like a deep down like just like jealousy, I guess you could say, of that. And I feel like um, that's something that I always think like you're not that friend. You know what the jealousy part of, and you said that, and, and it just sparked something in my mind immediately, right? Because in terms of people who have something against the gay community, they're more focused on the sexual aspect of it, right? Where in their mind, maybe that's something they can't fathom. But what they totally gloss over is the love component of it, right? And at the end of the day, it's about love, man, right? It's who you love. And, you know, you look at it as, oh, maybe my sexual orientation, when they call it sexual orientation, that only highlights the yeah. sexual part of it, right? It's when some people can picture that in their minds and be, you know, uh, or not feel it, but it's the love part of it, man. You love who you love. Why do we all choose the person we choose at the end of the day? It's because we love them. Right, we're not putting enough emphasis on love. Yeah, uh, can like, you talk uh, about that a little bit? Like, here's an example right now. My best, like, um, one of my best friends, his name is Juan, and he's like, uh, like he's a straight man. Uh, you know, same thing with like Angel, my other friend. Is they're like they're straight guys. You know, they have like their girlfriends or whatever. But Juan, one, uh, me and Juan are really close. We hang out all the time. But he was talking to a girl one time and. She said, oh, yeah, my best friend's gay. Or he said something, something along the lines of, you know, saying that I'm gay. And she's like, what? Like, she had a big problem with it. And she said, if you want to be with me, like, you can't hang out with them like that anymore. That's Alyssa. Like, are you friends with a gay person? Like, I feel mm, well, I could use Juan right. as an example of a true man. Like, he doesn't, like, may not, you know, like, there's no, he might not like being with another man. He might not do, like, like what I like. But at the end of the day, he's not, like so like threatened or something like that because that has nothing to do with our relationship as friends literally nothing you know like we don't even like really talk about that we don't anything that is an interesting component like i know we're going past our time but it just everything you say creates more questions and i really want to educate people so i'm going to keep asking. how do you feel that toxic masculinity is affecting the females in our society the same way that uh, uh, guys out here who are blind to the real facts are too. You know what I mean? Like you said, her reaction was something yeah, that a like, man would say. And I have right? a lot of like, you know, guy friends that do have other guy friends that say that too. But like to your point about the female is that that's, I wanted to bring that up, but I was like, I'm talking a little too much. <laughs> or uh, when you guys are talking about no, we're educating, we're man. We're talking all good. about the uh, difference between like a man or a woman or how do women view uh, masculinity. Is that with, like 
it's you could say it's the same thing about race like race is a social construct but at the end of the day people still yes. even uh like people in communities of color or just like white like white people or everything they still it affects even like black people who think about race you know even though it's built to absolutely like, hurt them and let me just say that you know as a black man the only black man involved in this conversation in our culture um to be gay is look is, is frowned upon way more so than I think in any other culture. Like we we are not as accepting at yeah. all. You know what I mean? I have a cousin. I have a cousin who's gay, and to be honest with you, I've known since he was like four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, but he's living his best life. He is who he is. He don't care, and I totally respect that. But I'm just speaking on how in the black culture, right? It's especially hard, and not you know, and I can only speak from this because. Um, you know, I grew up in a black culture where it, it, it's hard too because there's this sort of, you know, uh, image of what a black man is supposed to be that's opposite of what somebody in the LBGT community, uh, you know, would embrace if, if if they were gay. So, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's crazy too. I think the point is that you guys deal with so much. Why would you want to add some add more shit on what, what you deal with? No, <laughs> no. Like, we shouldn't. You can't we, blame, we shouldn't like, matter. But. Like, Okay, well, this is a whole different like, <laughs> but basically, you can't blame those communities because like you could use Christianity as an example, like the the English use Christianity as an example or like as a one hundred percent reason of slavery. Everything about slavery is justified through Christianity and their mind and, and whatever they did, whether it was just pop out yep. or whether they truly believe that. Yep. Obviously, we can't answer that, but they and people a lot of uh, like people at that time they did convert to Christianity, even though it was the very thing that was used to literally um, manipulate, kidnap them and manipulate them. So it's like these things, these social constructs, uh, they affect everybody, regardless of your race, regardless of whatever. Like, it really doesn't matter who you are, what you identify as, whatever. Like females, the toxic masculinity hurts them. It objectifies them. It, it, like the stats I told you about rape, that's ridiculous. 98% of people are men doing rape. But at the same time, right. those are just so prevalent in society that you literally can't. You have to really be like, um, I, I don't like the word like woke. I don't like that phrase, but you really have to be educated to, you know, not let that affect you. That's what's up. That's why we're having this conversation. I think, no doubt. Johnny, you got any points? Uh, I Jacob talked a lot about, uh, um, you know, Cheat like when uh, women get cheated on and, and things like that. Do you in relationships? I mean, this kind of is kind of off point, but I, I want it, we're talking a little bit about relationships. Do you think um, with all that's out there on, on the internet, as far as uh, you know the 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 women showing themselves, do you think monogamy is uh, is a thing of the past now, or do you think there's actually people? in life that kind of still take it serious their whole relationship. I mean, you're, you know, my grandparents were married for 60 years. And so, you know, I, it's hard for me to believe that for that whole 60 years that, you know, not one of them looked, uh, you know, you know, at somebody else or, or, or had feelings for somebody else or, or maybe not acted on it, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, if you're, um, you know, emotionally involved with someone, you don't have to sexually act on it to, to, 
be considered cheating. If I'm telling somebody else things I should be telling my wife, I think that's a, that's a problem. So uh, do you think uh, in this day and age, monogamy is a, is a possible thing, complete monogamy? Uh, it's 100% possible. I mean, if that's where your head is at and you love the person you're with, then yes, it's always been possible. Do we want to do it though? Are we living in a culture that sort of uh, pumps up sexuality, especially in young girls, uh, to the point where monogamy is less of a reality as a grown up uh, than we probably would like it to be, especially if we're grown ass men who have daughters. Again, that double standard says our young boys can go out and screw anybody they want, but our young girls better be careful. Otherwise, Papa might show up at your boyfriend's house with a shotgun. You know, <laughs> I grew up with six sisters, man. Trust me, I know this. Yeah. I know there was a double standard. I know this. Oh, absolutely. We would go, anybody who called my sister, I mean, if they, if a dude called my sister, I didn't know, we would, we would have words. And if they had words back, we'd show up at the house. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right. 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 It's right. a it's hundred percent possible, but I think it depends. What is your, uh, like your definition? Like personally, my definition is it's impossible to not look at these people on social media, the Instagram models who are very, you know, they're in very limited clothing. Um, of nudity, just like our just social media period and just society. But looking and acting on things is very different, I think. Like, you could look and admire, like, if I see somebody like, even girls, like, I'll be like, damn, like, she's hella fine, like, she's really pretty. But that's not, everybody has those thoughts regardless. You can't control that. If you see somebody attractive or somebody, yeah, somebody attractive, you will think that. But the question is, are you dedicated to the person you're with enough to not act on that? Uh, that I, I understand that part, but my, uh, my question is not so much, uh, you know, acting on it physically, but let's say you see someone who's just, you know, and their personality right away jives with yours. Uh, you build a friendship at first, and then it gets a little deeper emotionally, it's not just physically, not physically or not even touching or flirting, just you, you're talking to things about, you're talking to things with that person that you should be talking to them about your wife. You know, you're telling her things that you normally even tell your wife. Do you think that's, uh, you know, that's more, I think that's more uh, prevalent than the actual. <laughs> Let me say this because I want to touch on what you just said, right? Here's how you can manipulate masculinity to get at a woman who would otherwise not put much stock in your overall willingness to express your feelings, right? So if you were a man who wants to get close to a woman, you would tell her something that only the two of you know, right? Because in that way, you're like, you're attaching an emotional sort of uh, component to y'all's interactions. You're saying, you know, uh, if I tell you something nobody else knows, then we have a secret between us and that establishes more of a connection. Like we know that, you know what I'm saying? As somebody who embraces their masculinity more and maybe not so much respects uh, what women look at in a relationship as something uh, uh, that y'all can connect over. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I'll answer the same question, though. I will. 
if I'm being honest, I mean, I, I don't know if I could pick, you know, just one way. I mean, there's uh, a lot of, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not proud of, uh, of the way I treated women in the past. Again, having a guy with a daughter now, I, you know, a daughter, a stepdaughter, you know, so thinking back to, you know, me and Jason, um, a friend of mine, Jason, I've known him all my life. We talk about it all the time. Like, you know, if we look back on how we treated, uh, you know, high school girls or the things that we said or, you know, or, or you know, did them at school or, you know, the loss of uh, the absence of thought and um, caring for that person in that moment. Um is real, you know. It's just you. You think back on it now, and you're thinking, "I, I can't believe that I I did that." You know, uh, I can't come up with anything, you know, specific. Nor do I think I want to. But um, just I, I've definitely done things that I I think about now that I I I really can't believe that I did. Well, let me ask you this, and I only ask that to make this point, right? After that happened, did you ever do anything like that again? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> now, does that have anything to do with toxic masculinity and how just having a stable of women at your disposal is manly, or were you just an asshole? Because I, I think it's a little bit of all. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, would I do it now at this point in my life, or are all the things I've learned absolutely not? Like you think back to things you did in the twenties to get over, or. Or, you know, I, I worked in a in a bar environment and, uh, um, you know, I worked at a Las Vegas club and, I, you know, I, I did, you know, I, I was in environments that, you know, not a lot of people get to get to see, you know. So um, seeing that, and it, it makes you being working in environments like that really makes you dislike people as a whole. You know, you see things and people, you see the fakeness and the and what people will do to get over and it kind of, it kind of makes you take a look at yourself and you know that you don't want to be like that person, you know? So toxic masculinity as a thought, does it explain more how it hurts men who think that think way or how it hurts those who love hurts, them? Uh, I think it hurts all parties involved. Pretty, uh, I'll say it hurts the man more personally, mm-hmm. like personally. Oh, by you know it does, but um, I think yeah. And I also that that's what I wanted to get into because it does, and I'm willing to yeah. admit that it does, it does. It hurts the people that love you because they love an asshole and they're just you know they've accepted that this is who you are, but if you can't recognize it in yourself and and change the way you treat. Uh, those you interact with and those uh, around you a long time ago, I was, you know, uh, you know, really angry, yelling, I'd get in arguments with the people, uh, you know, I'm closer with my sister's my best friend. And I would get in arguments with her and I'd say things to her and, and, you know, call her names and, and, you know, the, and one day she said, hey, you can't talk to me like that no more. Right. You, know, you can't, you can't say that to me. Anymore. Right. If you do, we gotta, you know, you know, always love you, but we can't, so you her saying that to me kind of changed the way I dealt with people as a whole. Like, yeah. I can't see there's only a certain amount of things people are going to take. 
and you know they love you just as much. You know they don't love, they don't love you more than this. And if if you go over this line, then it's you you cross that line. So uh, you know you, you kind of learn lessons as you go. Like you said, you like, learn by them. Like it's intertwined how you said manipulation. You learn from that's them. also used like that's. I've had a lot of friends who were with guys and they would like hit the hit her or they would cuss her out and just be or cheat on her or everything. Because I'd be like, I love you so much, like please, like you know, like you're the love of my life and just justify everything because of either path, because of how they whatever. Justify all these things because of all these excuses and all these uh That's the old boys OJ the boys will be boys. <laughs> Boys That's old OJ. OJ defense. Was that boys give me boys too? Was that boys will be boys? Because oh, I would give up and slice his head off. <laughs> the, the beating the shit out of you and coming back saying you. Hey, I'm hey, and all I'm saying, look, first of all, let's just agree that OJ <laughs> did kill them people, right? <laughs> yeah. He did. That motherfucker did. But you see how he had a rejection. You see how he did that. Nicole would have just found somebody else. I don't want to go too deep into this, man, because that's just, it's, it's, come on, it's Nicole and OJ. You don't want to go too deep into it. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's, it, it, masculinity can be toxic when you don't have an understanding of yourself as a person, right? All you think about is what society expects of you as a man without looking internally and figuring out just what's best for yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Aaron Hernandez is a great example. I mean, he, Right. He was so right. He was so what a, angry. Very good example. The, the home, you know, the homosexual feelings that he had, he would kill people. I mean, he killed people. He was a, a a starting tight end on a world championship organization, and he cannot handle the fact that he was gay. It was an inner and, conflict. It was an inner conflict, yeah. right? And he he looked himself in the mirror. He knows what he saw, but he also knows what the world saw. And it was more important to him to convey the image of what the world saw, right? Because he's this uber masculine foot. People down to make his money. But inside, he was something else, right? And that ultimately, I think, you know, I'm I'm no psychologist, so I'm not even going to go that deep. But maybe if he wasn't struggling with those internal battles, we have a different era in Hernandez, right? I don't know. You gotta be real. You gotta be real angry, and and really hate parts of yourself to murder somebody for spilling a drink on you in a club, or you know, uh, uh, or doing something that that happened by accident. That you gotta show you're so damn tough that you go, you know, and take that person's life. And I think I'm like a. A different like, level uh, of, like a of or not like yeah. a closing note, but more towards like to say, yeah, we talked about how bad it is and all the horrible effects it has. But like, what can we do to make it better? Like, what is the what is the solution? No, that is that is the perfect way to end this. Solutions, right? We talked about the problem, we addressed the situation, um, and to be honest, I feel like the solution in terms of what we're talking about right now would probably be best received so, uh, from Jacob. Like I would say we us, are at saying? that point to where we are starting to deal with it gradually. I think we're starting to uh, like see different points of views, but I also feel that it is, I feel like that um, is a, is fueling what is happening today is that look at Donald Trump as an example. 
is he ran against Hillary and uh, like he would, you know, how he stood over her at the debates to show, you know, he towers over her and over her. Like that is, that's symbolism. You might not say it's dominant, the same right. thing with the grabbing girls by the pussy. That's, uh, boys will be boys. Like you said, if Hillary Clinton did that, that's crazy. Yeah, if you talk about just like how Trump was like hardcore law and order, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to, um, like he's like making those jokes, making like, um, you know, being subtly racist, being, but then he's, it's fueling the side of America that is, you know, a lot of it's the South and a lot of it, a lot of it is people who were raised in those environments that was controlled by that narrative. Um, they're, you know, there are a lot of them support him. But then on the on one side, on the other side, then there's people who they call like, you know, snowflakes. I don't know if you guys heard that term. Like everything hurts your feelings, blah blah blah. But I think it's like um it comes down to like uh-huh. a cultural thing. I feel like in a, especially in America, is we that's we are the prime example of, you know, stereotypical masculinity. Like do what needs to be done and that's it. So I think now with like this long history of like that narrative controlling everything is that now we are starting to challenge it. And we're starting to, I mean, that's, you could say that for many things. I think what Donald Trump symbolizes is the, the, like the story or like what America, what the narrative of America has been throughout history. But then I think a lot of what like the younger generation, like people my age and maybe a little older, even you guys are like symbolizing, you know, this is, you're challenging that narrative. So I think, I, I think we just need to, I think we're at a hard crossroads right now. And it seems like everything is just like so horrible. But I think at the end, like, this is a growing pain. Like, we've had a lot of things through the history of humanity and everybody, we always, we always make it through. Right. So I think, but the thing is, you need to remember, like, what do you want to symbolize? What do you want? You know, not only America to stand for, but what do your morals like, I guess, stand for? That's what's up. Now, the history of America is laced with so much propaganda that, you know, you, you make the, the fact that he can run on a platform of make America great again is, uh, and you know, it's, it's just more of the same. I forgot my So I think Jacob makes a great point. Like, positive you, it, just it, the end, is that. I think this is just the perfect way of people to listen, like normal people okay, to hear on. this and hear, you know, a different side that may, without calling each other dumbasses and cussing each other out or, you know, yelling at each other. This is like a, this has been like a very good thing to where like I could share my experiences, you guys share yours, whatever, we had a discussion about it. And I think it's just like willingness to learn. And that's why I like, like, I have like a lot of like my straight friends when I can come out or like things like that, even to this day. They ask me, hey, I don't want to offend you or anything. Like, they're afraid to ask me what their questions are. And I feel like I, I always try to make that a point of, like, when you said, oh, I don't want to. Earlier you said something like, oh, I don't want to infringe or something like that. I don't know. But, like, ask literally whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not going to get, you know, offended as long as you're not being disrespectful and saying, you know. Right. Well, see, that's the thing, too, because. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement has a lot of people who support it and want to do the right thing, but don't know what to say because they might get canceled. We've already spoken about culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I know that in my family, um, all the all the all the like all the women have been gay. Like in terms of just like you know the gay people in my family, it's been all women. I have one cousin who's a male who's gay, right? And I know that he kept his lifestyle from the rest of us for a long time because there's more of a stigma with a man with a different sexual orientation. But I've always known that since he was like five. And I love the dude anyway, because he's brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, I sound like a sexually insensitive male. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, look, at the end of the day, I care about the person's heart. And this is me evolving as a, as a grown ass man and a, and a citizen of the world. I care about a person's heart. I care about what a person is all about. And their sexual orientation is meaningless to me in terms of how I view them as a human being, right? I choose to view the humanity. I think it goes back to what we talked about on our last podcast, Reed, is, is conversation. It is the, the more questions you ask, uh, um, you know, we asked a lot of personal questions on our last podcast about race and 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 uh, uh, how we deal with the the political climate in this country and the social justice climate. So it's like anything else. If you, the more questions you ask uh, to people that you're different of, and uh, you know, people that you, the more you want to know, the the more you'll learn if you're open to it. Well, Jacob, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, this has been the Problematics Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at, at Problematics, T-H-E. That's at Problematics, T-H-E. Shout out to Tim, our producer. He puts these shows together. Timbo. Uh, we thank Jacob Snow for being with us today. Jacob. I'm, John. I'm Johnny. It's your boy, Reese. We're out of here, man. Thank you. Have a good day. Yes, sir.